touch, touch, touch Got me burning up, up, up The minute that she turns I'm losing all my words She got me saying Hot damn, baby, hot damn She know what she doing, yeah, she got plans Look at how she moving, got me locked in Welcome back to the movie Draft House I'm your host, Mark Joined by co-host, Jeff Hey, Mark, how are you? Hello, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the last episode of the year. Uh, my favorite. What? Time flies when you're having fun. I know it's my favorite. My favorite episode of the year because we celebrate a year of movies watched. We rank our top and bottom five, and for the first time ever, we have a full slate of fifty-two movies. I think maybe more. Are you um, a top or a bottom? What's that? Are you a top or a bottom? Uh, you know. No, judging by the films I enjoy, probably a bottom. You're a bottom. <laughs> I just like crappy films. <laughs> you, you lay there and take it. Uh, what? Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> before we get into what we watched this week, got to plug some music, and we certainly do appreciate the uh, reggae hip hop alternative band Through the Roots with their song. Hot damn. Uh, they told me that they recorded that song specifically for Christina Ricci Month. Um, and they allowed us There's to... There's no way that's possible. <laughs> I wish it was. Uh, but you can uh, get all their links to all their socials. They're, they're big Instagram users. They're doing big things on the YouTube. Um, they got dope music. I really like them. This, uh, yeah, this track is so perfect for what we're doing this month. <laughs> So uh, we uh, we appreciate them allowing us to use their music on the podcast. Jeffrey. Yes, sir. Her. What did we watch this week? Well, as everyone knows, this month's theme is two pairs of pants month. And by that, we mean you got to wear two pairs of, pa- pairs of pants to watch a Christina Ricci movie by the name of Black Snake Moan. It's uh, from the year it came out because I don't have the movie in front of me. Oh, I got you. I got you. It is from the year. 2006 and it stars christina ricci samuel l jackson uh those are your main players as well as justin timberlake and a host of others uh imdb synopsis for black snake moan says a god-fearing bluesman takes a takes to a wild young woman who as a victim of childhood sexual abuse looks everywhere for love never quite finding it so you picked no well no this no is we picked we, we did pick this picked. one we ag- we agreed that for the fifth week of the month we would watch Black Snake Moan now, it was the seen... only one applicable for Absolutely. the culmination I don't of the I month. don't think we made a mistake I think we chose the correct film to finish the year with but um, you had seen this before right I had I had seen it once before and I I'd seen it like back in the late two thousand it wasn't in two thousand six. But it was like shortly thereafter, um, and I just remember it being, uh, you know, raunchy's not the right word, uh, provocative, um, and you know, a, a very step outside the box for Christina Ricci, and um, and I remember Justin Timberlake, but I didn't remember his role, and then I remember Samuel L. Jackson looking like Samuel L. Jackson in this movie. Um, but that's that's about it. I didn't really remember what the the plot was, um, other than 
guy chains girl to his radiator and she's half naked. I um, had not seen this film before. I was mildly familiar with it, more or less, mostly the 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 famous gif of uh, Samuel L. Jackson making Samuel L. Jackson eyes um, <laughs> that we've all seen. It's quite good. Um, but I think the reason we selected this film is, is because the music this month was called Hot Damn, and we had to have a movie that fit that that theme song and i think at the very least we pulled that off <laughs> we did um all right so i'm gonna ask you first yeah overall impressions of the film i really enjoyed the movie really i was i well because you had texted me earlier like i'm watching black snake moan you're gonna hate it i'm like great awesome i'm gonna hate it but really, I this is this is genuinely shocking to me. I found the characters to be thoroughly enjoyable. I really like the story. I would say the only downside was the arc with Justin Timberlake. I felt like it kind of, and I'm not blaming him, but I felt when he returned in the latter half of the film, the movie kind of took a step back in quality. Uh, like the story kind of. I fell a little flat. Fault. Like I wasn't big into the way the film ended, but up until that point, I thought it was fantastic. What about you? Um, now, are we, would you say you think I'm going to hate it? Is it because you hated it or is it because no. you, you judging just based on my tastes, based on your taste and knowing what types of films kind of turn you away. Um, so what, what right, so are you grat- looking at gratuitous you uh violence against women um in the past when we've watched any films that you've taken a very staunch uh stance That's true. A- against um that depiction in film uh sexual violence against women um and this this film strikes me as a as a, as a film that you would have thought uh, I guess that I thought you would have thought as very shallow. Um, like, That's interesting. So there, there's a lot of themes here, and I don't feel the the film quite does anything with any of the themes. Um, it's kind of an interesting thing because there are, like, like you said, there's sexual assault. I don't think that it's. Uh, graphically portrayed there is physical assault against Christina Ricci which is more graphically displayed it's kind of an interesting movie because I'm not sure if it's problematic or not I don't because, think it's problem I don't think it's problematic well I, I, I just don't mean I think a, so the whole thing of him actually kidnapping essentially Christina Ricci like so he finds her on the side of the road unconscious and he picks her up and and nurses her back to health at first and although that's fine and and legal you take me to the police corner if you disagree but once she wakes up and has expressed the desire to leave he holds her against his will which is kidnapping yes um so like and he does it because for from either a religious perspective which is where it starts 
and uh, of her, you know, he thinks she's almost possessed even to where he actually cares about her is when he kind of sets her free a bit. But in the end, it kind of works out for her benefit that she's been kidnapped by this guy and you could call it Stockholm syndrome. But in the movie, he's treating her in a way that she's never been treated before. Um, it, It's kind of interesting. It like it, it it's sort of like not or at least to me, it left me not being sure if what Samuel L. Jackson is doing is actually OK or not. Right. right. He's he's chained up this woman who's self-destructive. Why? And- but, like, why is she self-destructive? She is she is depicted as a fucking X-Man with uh, the 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 vagina of. Whoa. A I don't even know, like a, a professor. Of a Martian. I mean, yeah, I don't-, I don't I don't know. But like her vagina has special powers. Are okay? there X-Men with vagina powers? Uh, probably. Stan Lee was a very um, okay. You're was, gonna was, you're he, gonna hate he, on the late Stan Lee. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He was he was a dude. Of course, he uh, created a X Man with vagina powers. Okay. Um, well, someone get at us if they know about <laughs> Vagina Man or whatever. <laughs> Wait, I don't think it would be a Vagina Man. Well, um, although I'm not I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Vagina Man. Year two thousand. Vagina could be a woman too, okay? <laughs> Anyways, I she's got this like crazy like the and any person she sees, she wants to have sex with them. And it it's depicted as this like, oh my god, I can't control myself. And it, at one point she throws herself on some adolescent boy. And it's when we yeah. don't ever, we're never we're never told the age of this this boy he's underaged yeah right that's yeah. how the film depicts him he is that he's underage and so she essentially rapes him statutory and... wise he was not opposed to what was happening listen right. okay 14 year old mark walks into that room <laughs> it's not going to end any differently no that's not what i'm saying i'm just like it we never get any type of clarification of why she has these issues yeah, and we no, uh, yet no, we do, not we do. physically. Not physically, we don't. Because there's a lot of trauma in this film. Yes. But th- that doesn't so explain think, why she wants to immediately have sex with the first person she sees now, at any I, given time. That I agree with, right? I think her laying with you know acquaintances or any men that happen to be around is one thing. When she literally sees this teenage boy, she immediately rips her shirt off, wraps her legs around him, and kicks the door closed at the same time, which is quite a feat. And um, that I I do get, I could definitely get behind that being kind of out of character in that she's insatiable in that way. Like she literally couldn't control herself. Um, I mean, throughout the, the first half of the film i mean she she is depicted as a uh whore um as somebody that is just ha- going around having sex with just anybody and um and 
and we get introduced early on in the film to Justin Timberlake's character, who's her, you know, significant other serious boyfriend. And he's going to uh, to Army or Marine boot camp. Who knows? Who cares? He's um, going to the military. Right. And so his... I just... I think the, the film does too much to like Christina Re- like the char- the the character Christina Ricci's playing is depicted as an onion. Okay. Oh. Many layers. Shrek, tell me about this. And you got to peel them back, all right? But the film never peels back those layers. And to me that's that that's like one of the biggest sins a film can do is like introduce a lot of issues and then never dial in on any of them. And I think that's that's what this film is guilty of, is that Christina Ricci's character is classic. It, it is depicted as classic white trash, um, right down to the T-shirt she's wearing throughout half or the film. Or not wearing. Or not wearing. <laughs> yes. Um, there's a gift of that somewhere. Um, but, you know... It's just like I don't really know what the film was going for. Like I, I mean, the music's fantastic. In the oh, film. dude, is the music good? And Samuel, I read Samuel L. Jackson learned how to play play the guitar for this film, um, and so that's really him playing most of the uh, of the the riffs in this in this film. Mm-hmm. And that's really the redeeming quality in my in my opinion for the film is that. It is so ingrained in Southern culture that, um, you know, it, it almost it almost perseveres in spite of itself, and I and I think that's largely because of Samuel L. Jackson and Christina Ricci. Uh, it's because their performances are quite good. Uh, I just I thought the story was just very surface level and I just I didn't understand why we were being told this particular story about Christina Ricci when Samuel L. Jackson's character is 100% uh, more um, interesting I agree for sure that Samuel L. Jackson character is way more interesting and has a better arc um, There, so he Starting off, you know, he's got the divorce with his wife because his wife is sleeping with his brother and he wants to kill his own brother and all that stuff. Um, That's good soap opera shit. Yeah. And, you know, Christina Ricci's boyfriend is is, uh, Timberlake who goes off to war and then she starts sleeping with like pretty much immediately anybody else. David Um, Banner. Do you recognize him? Who? Bruce Banner. (laughs) The Hulk. I mean, he kind of he kind of big like the Hulk, but no, the rapper David Banner. I don't know who David Banner is. Mid two thousands rapper. He's like the one of the uh, establishers. Of, I was uh, into Christian rap at that time. <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> I, I believe you. <laughs> Anyways, look look David Banner up. All right, soup the chemist. Get at us. Let us use your music for the pod. <laughs> Um, hey, I, I will approach the, whoever that is. Oh, Supa might let you do it. Soup's awesome. Um, he's my favorite rapper, full stop. Now, well, there's also... Anyway, 
equally opposite sort of flame. You know, I got a lot. Um, <laughs> and like that start off is kind of interesting. And then essentially Samuel is like roaming. He doesn't really have a compass. He's running his farm. And that's when he, you know, comes upon uh, Christina Ricci and takes her home and nurses her back to health. And she pretty much throws herself out to him right away as you can take me if you want or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. You know, um, which is like the first time someone's actually turned her down. Probably. I mean, it is still Christina Ricci in cutoff shorts and a tank top. Um, so hey, I you, mean, you think, you think her tits are real? I'm yes, but I also don't want to speculate. <laughs> that just feels weird to me. I, I mean, I, I okay okay. I uh, don't know. I wasn't at the store when she bought them. If they're fake, I mean, I don't know. No, I just like. What do you think, a, Mark? You there's you, a great. I I don't know. That's why I'm asking. You came. You brought us into the implant corner. You yeah. take us out of it. All right. All right. So I I don't know. Like we get we get an exposed view of Christina Ricci's um, breast in this film, and I'm pretty sure that's what. That's what this film's legacy is, but uh, I I don't want to say I paused it. Yeah, but I paused it, and I was yeah. like, hmm, are, "Those those might not be real. They 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 might they might be bought, and I don't I don't know how I feel about that." Okay, well they're and not I, yours. I, well, so I just, you know, as a, as a lifelong. <laughs> As a lifelong fan of Christina Ricci, and we grew up together, you and her, yeah, I feel yeah. I, f- I feel like if like if 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 they're if they're not real, I'm I'm a bit disappointed. That's what I feel like. I don't understand why that would matter. They okay, are it's, not. It's like yours. That right. they're but, hers. But is she is she is she not on screen entertaining me? So, okay, all right. So this director of this film, whoever it is, I don't like where we're going. No, let, we're gonna we're gonna finish the thought though. Um, You're gonna finish. So the, thought. the <laughs> I'm going to put in a disclaimer ahead of time. The, I have nothing to do with what's about to be said, and I don't necessarily agree with it. Go ahead, Mark. The, all right, bury so yourself. The, the director. Put Christina Ricci's breast on screen for the viewer's pleasure. Hell, this whole fucking movie is for the viewer's pleasure, okay? Let's not get it twisted. It is a film, and generally speaking, that's the case with films. Unless it's directed by the Safdie brothers, the whole point of a movie is for hey, you, you to wait, enjoy you, it. Hey, you hold on to your, your butts when we get to the end of this episode. Oh, God, right? no. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Anyways... So no, I I just I think like if somebody puts something on screen for the sheer purpose of it being entertainment, I am allowed to either a feel disappointed, b feel elated, or c have questions about what I just saw. And I felt all three of those emotions when Christina Ricci's uh, bare breast. We're on screen. It's because it is Christina Ricci month. 
we chose the theme of the month because we each had childhood crushes on Christina Ricci. And this film is a culmination of our um, pubescent attraction to the actress. So, I feel like it is very appropriate for me to ask this question about if Christina Ricci's breasts are real or not. I'm just I don't know what you're looking for from me. I just that I feel like I, 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 I should not have to explain myself on the podcast, but I just explained myself and why I asked the question. You did on your own. I didn't make right. you do it. No. No. Nope. But you, you just you said, told you told okay. me that I was burying myself. I did. And I don't feel like I buried myself. I feel like I asked a legitimate question. Okay. There you have it. it Are we done right. with the yes. implant right. corner? All okay, right. great. We can, we can get out of the implant. Let's corner. never go back. So Christina Ricci gets her boobs out. And I have a question. Okay. Do you think that um, they're real? <laughs> no. No, they look. You, you don't. Okay. Now, all right. So this is this is the stupidest podcast. Um. Now, <laughs> I don't know where I've gone with this. Uh, so I think that there are some really great side characters. I really like the lady that works at the pharmacy. And her relationship with our, our farmer, I I really appreciated that. You know, he goes there looking for medicine for his quote-unquote niece, a.k.a. Christina Ricci. And she kind of breaks the law for him to get him some prescription drugs for free. And The character's uh, name is Angela, and she's played by S. Apatha Merkinson. Thank you, sir. And he returns the favor and brings some food that, you know, he's grown on his own property and... They spark up a little romance, and it's nice. I like it. It's older romance, and I feel like it's that's appropriate. I don't. I mean, she's a pharmacist, so it's like kind of you're like you know batting below your average. But what? Damn! What does that mean? Are you? Hold on. Are you taking a hit at farmers or farmers? I'm taking a hit at like. She could probably do better than Samuel L. Jackson. I'm, I'm saying she could probably do better than Samuel L. Jackson. In this film. In this film. It's a small town. Options are limited. (laughs) The the town is like one street. (laughs) Listen, David Banner's in that town. You get with the the teenage boy who had sex with Christina Ricci or Samuel L. Jackson. He's got crazy eyes. He does. I don't know. I don't know if like that's something that you can see yourself going to bed with every night. I would be afraid, <laughs> but I appreciated their little side story. I thought it was romantic. You know, I'm a bit of a romance guy myself. Yeah. N- no. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. And well, I'm not good at it. I should say I like it. I just don't <laughs> know how to do it. But I appreciated that. And then you've got. Uh, the the pastor who I really liked. So Samuel Jackson as his friend, like the only person who comes around is the, the woman he's interested in at the grocery store and the pastor. And I really like the scene when he's got Christina Ricci locked in the house and the pastor comes and he pulls out his guns like, you got to get out of here. And the pastor just like full calls his bluff, uh, which is sort of foreshadowing what happens later. Um, but I really like their relationship as well. I thought the pastor was really well played. 
an interesting character and I liked his arc as well. I think, I think for me, like you said, the, the movie maybe succeeds in spite of itself, but I think the characters are really interesting and, um, that's kind of what drew me in. I really like Samuel Jackson's character a lot. Uh, I like to see what he was up to. I wanted to see him be successful in rehabilitating Christina Ricci. I also like the idea that he was protecting her, you know, like if someone tried to hurt her, he was, you pretty much don't want to fuck with Samuel Jackson in this movie. You don't want to fuck with Samuel Jackson in any movie. I'm trying to think of a movie where you could have. Maybe Glass? No, you can't, no. You know, I don't know. You wait, know. wait, what's the movie, um, the shark movie where he gets eaten? Um, I wouldn't mess with him even when he's in half. Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> uh, Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> that's, that's about it. But, no, I think I, I enjoyed the, uh, the Reverend's character as well. And I thought him and Samuel Jackson's uh, dynamic was good. I just... <sighs> What this film made me do is it made me want it 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 made it made me want a more thorough telling of Samuel L. Jackson's character. We 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 just get thrown into his character and we're just supposed to kind of just go with it because it's Samuel L. Jackson. I, that's my opinion, but that's how the movie comes across is because Samuel Jackson just has this certain gravity when he's in films and it's, it's huge. He's, he's like the fucking son. Okay. And everything really revolves around him in every single movie he's in. And that's, that's this film too. And, and the director knows that. And so that's likely why he was chosen for this film is because he knew that Samuel Jackson could play this character and could pull everybody in because of who is playing the character. But I didn't like the writing behind the, the characters is because it made me want to, to know more about these characters and why Samuel L. Jackson is the way he is. And we never get that. We, I mean, He's we get a little back. This is because his brother stole right. his wife. But like that can't. That I mean, nobody. I, refu- I, I listen, Nobody's entire life story can be wrapped up in any film. Tell that to Eric Hodder, who watched Deep Purple with you, or whatever that name of that film was. Wow! Thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> Anyway, but I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying is that there is a certain, I felt that they could take shortcuts with the story and the development of characters because of who was playing the characters. And that, that can be okay if your story doesn't revolve around that particular character. Um, like if Samuel L. Jackson was a bit character in this film, and we're introduced to him for for you know thirty minutes, and we don't get any backstory. We just get Samuel L. Jackson playing this badass character. Well, like we're likely okay with that because it's Samuel L. Jackson playing a badass character again. But because he's the main character of the film, we just get him doing cool shit and like saying kind of witty, not witty one liners, but like just iconic one liners. And 
you know, he's playing the guitar and sounding like a badass. I mean, he's he's all I'm hearing is good things. Is, right, is my I, but problem. that's what I'm saying is that, is that had, there's did, good had, things in it, and it made you wish there were more good things. Did that's you ever what see I'm hearing. Hustle and Flow? No, I didn't watch Hustle and Flow. Have you heard of Hustle and Flow? I've heard of Hustle and Flow. Okay, so same director. I bought some insurance from her. <laughs> Get at us progressive. Um, so Craig Brewer, the director of both Hustle and Flow and Black Snake Moan. Uh, Hustle and Flow came before Black Snake Moan. It was his kind of his debut um, directorial feature. And it was not, it wasn't some masterpiece, but it was a very good film uh, starring, um, what's his face? Uh, that guy, Rhodey before... Um, Oh, Terrence Howard, oh, yes. Terrence Howard, as a um, you know underground rapper uh, trying to make it, and it's fantastic, and it and it has the same vibes as uh, Black Snake Moan, but on different levels. But they're both very, very, uh, very grounded and seedy. Uh, films about uh, a certain demographic of people. And we got a lot of character development in Hustle and Flow. And that's what, and Terrence Howard was either, he was, he was nominated, but I don't remember if he won or not uh, for his performance in, in that film. And I just, I don't understand why the director didn't take the same approach to his characters in Black Snake Moan that he did with Hustle and Flow is because they're really very much the same type of film, uh, just told from different perspectives. Okay. What what did what did you think about the 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 scene in the bar? I mean, it's good music. It's a good scene. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I mean, it's like I mean, Samuel Jackson playing the fucking guitar. He's playing a blues riff, killing it. Yeah, I mean, come on. I I, I looked up. I tried to look up the band that was. That was playing with him. I couldn't find who it was, but um, I believe it was uh, Talk or <laughs> um, the the Schizophonics. Yeah, or that band that played Skeletons that I can't remember, but the song Skeletons that was a good song. <laughs> Listen, so they they I really enjoyed the bar scene. I think that the music's awesome. There's a lot of dancing and. Um, which I could have done. The scene kind of drags. Like this movie's like two hours long, and it, while it's cool, it also kind of just keeps going. And then, like at the end, you just see, uh, what's his name, uh, Timberlake staring through the window, and then he shows up. That's another problem I have. All right. Okay, go ahead. What's your problem? My problem is is that they try to they try to have some commentary on. Uh, veterans and mental health, and they completely gloss right over it, and it serves no purpose. And it's just it's it's very one dimensional, and I, I I didn't like it. I didn't like that depiction of uh, mental health, and especially mental health in regards to um, individuals that have you know served in the military and 
you know, the film tries to have some surface level depiction of that individual, but it's it just, it's very one note and we're just meant to sympathize with these two individuals who get married at the end of the film and go off on a yeah, so on a, on a joyride, and have a, he has a mental, he has he has a, he has a nervous breakdown. Yeah. yeah, he's back. He has a panic attack. Um, on the highway. And so I will uh, say their romance was balls to me. Like compared right. to the romance between uh, Samuel Jackson and his love interest, I I felt like theirs was just like I didn't feel like it was healthy either. You know, like she saved me, but he comes in there with a gun. Right. Like he comes in and he beats Samuel Jackson, uses a racial slur, and then like like I, he's not stable. I don't want him to like we spent the whole movie seeing Ricci sort of get grounded again and try to find some peace or stability in her love life and her personal life. And this maniac comes in Pistol whip Samuel Jackson, the only kind man that has ever been to her. And then, like, they get married and run off together. And we're like, woohoo, I guess. And the last scene is her comforting him as he's having a, a breakdown. Which I was okay with, but Timberlake isn't in the movie enough for me to care about him or his relationship with Richie. So when it comes back around, he's racist. And then on top of that, you know, I I feel like he would beat her. Right. I I just like, and he has anger issues. I don't think that they're necessarily healthy for each other. So I I can't get behind their relationship. Right. But the film wants you to be like, oh my God, this is, this is lovely. Does it? Yes, man. Uh, She, the last film, the last scene of the film is, is her consoling, Justin Timberlake, as he's got tears rolling down his eyes because he had a panic attack because of semi truck. He can't drive the car, right? And it's like, what the fuck are you doing, chick? I mean, get the fuck out of there. Uh, well, and to and to me, that's why that's why the film fails because it never delivers on any of the any of the the not promises, but it any of the things that it sells you on. It never, it never delivers the end, the end game. Um, you know, the end game to me. I mean, throughout the entire film, the entire film, Christina Ricci has a half bruised face from where you know uh, Timberlake's buddy almost beat her to death, and there's no, there's no retribution to that at all yeah we see Timberlake you know beat his ass but he doesn't beat his ass because the guy beat up his girlfriend he he beats his ass because he's you know unstable um and it's just like what what are we really highlighting in this film what I mean what are we what are we really saying what is the film really saying and at the end of the game end of the day I don't think it's much I don't think the film says very much okay so let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you recommend this film? No. Uh it doesn't it while you know the central performances are are good 
and it's a it's a outside the box uh performance from from Ricci. Uh I just the the story just completely dissolves around it and um it loses me and I I I did, I really didn't like any of the loose threads that it left hanging and I felt like it didn't do anything redeeming. Okay. How about you? Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it all the way through. Um, even the parts I didn't like. But it is not a recommend. Like, it wouldn't make my top five. You know, I just... I enjoyed watching it, though, and I think the characters are strong enough to make it a watchable film. Yeah, so... Um... That's a year of drafting movies inside of a house. Yeah. We, We've uh... done it again. We built uh, we built the roof two times over. Um, Lord help us all. <laughs> so, do so you uh, want to do tops and bottoms first, or do you want to draft? Um, let's draft for next month. Okay, so and then this, we'll cap it off with the the tops and the bottoms. It, it, do you want to edit this episode, and I'll go first? Or yeah, like, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay, fine. so you'll edit this episode. I'll go first. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and say this. We're, we're not done with Christina Ricci month. Oh so, God. Yeah. Screw you. Wait, what, what is our, what is our theme next month? Oh, sorry. Our theme next month, baby, uh, is sibling director. So f- films, uh, created by siblings. So, and, and you asked the question, can one of them be like a writer and another director? I'm fine with that. They're generally both putting input in. And it's a, a creative union between siblings making a film. Okay. So that being said, I'm picking the Wachowskis. Oh God. And I'm watching Speed Racer. Okay, good. All right. I didn't I didn't want to do the whole build up or anything else. We're not done. Cause you seem to think that Christina Ricci is a CG character in this movie where she's very much specifically on screen as a human person. I've never seen the film all the way through, so I don't know. And it's know. the best Wachowski film, in my not-so-humble opinion. Okay. I'm I'm completely on board with this selection. I'm picking Speed Racer! I appreciate you. It's so ded- good! <laughs> I appreciate the dedication uh, in which you have held yourself uh, in the selection of the theme. I'm going to go ahead and write it down, just okay. so you don't try to pull anything. All right. January. I'm trying to I'm trying to like think if I want to go ahead and uh, put a put a little rain cloud over your head. Oh, you're going to do it. Doesn't matter. Um, so I will as my first selection in the 2023 sibling director draft select the Cohen brothers. Uh huh. And their film. No country for old men. That's why we're doing this theme. To give you the chance to make me watch this. It's a fantastic film. I'm it's sure a, it is. Oh, my God. Um, I cannot wait to talk about this film with you. Uh, I I think you will... You will either love it or you will hate it. But if you hate Those it... Those are the options. If you hate it, it will be because of some philosophical points, I believe. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah. Um, so the Cohen brothers are off the table. That's fine, because I wasn't gonna pick them anyway. Okay, good. You know me. I'm picking the Fairley brothers, baby. 
<laughs> and I could do so many movies. I could do Dumb and Dumber. I could do Stuck on You. I could do uh, uh, what's her name? Something about her, Mary. Something about Mary. Yep. I could do that, but I'm not doing that. I want Renee Zellweger and Jim Carrey on a road trip. I'm bringing I'm bringing two themes together for Jan- whatever month it is, January, Weechy yep. yep. month, road trip month. As we watch me, I bought my mic. As we watch me, myself. <laughs> And Irene. Okay. I'm down. Let's go. Uh, it is a classic. Um, I haven't seen it in a while. It's been a minute. I love it. But but I am I love a Family Brothers. I am a Jim Carrey stan. Um As am I. The man can do no wrong. So um I I would say that you've hit these out of the park, sir. Um, oh, oh, oh. Cobble well, City again. It remains to be seen. Twice in one year, I got two compliments. <laughs> so, you know. Now I'm worried. Now I'm comes, worried. Yeah, no, right. It comes I knew down. No Country for Old Men was probably going to happen. So I don't know. I have three selections I can make. And I, I don't know if I want to do them. Okay. I don't know if I, I want to subject you to let me help you. Let me preconceived help you. Did, hate before did you, you put see the Safty brothers off the table. Just scooch. No, off the, the Safty brothers are very much in play right now. I don't want that. You know, I don't want that. I don't want to watch this new Safty brothers movie. I don't want to do it. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're going to watch from the year 2022. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, directed by the brothers Aaron and Adam Nee. That's N E E. I've no. What is this? Okay, the Lost City. We're oh. we're gonna watch the Lost City. It stars uh, Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, Daniel Radcliffe, oh, Brad Pitt. Hell yeah! I haven't that's watched it watching. yet, but everybody yep. I know that's seen it's like Jeff. Yep. I think you'll dig it. Fuck hey, yeah, Mark. We haven't watched. I don't think we've reviewed a romantic comedy. On the podcast. I was going to kind of recommend it for February, like, because I had some that I do enjoy. But no, I'm I I am very, very happy at this selection. Oh, thank God, Mark. <laughs> so you were left with uh, good time from the Safety Brothers, uh, which I've seen. Oh, OK. Well, I'm glad I didn't pick it then. Uh, or the film Hidden from the Duffer Brothers. And you I'm may know prob- the Duff, the Duffer Brothers from the uh, the little indie show called Stranger Things. Yes, I, uh, I'm familiar. I actually had one other film on my list. It was the Russos okay. and their their Apple original film Cherry. I just didn't want to pay for Apple. Oh, I've <laughs> seen Cherry. It's not good. Okay, um, well, good. <laughs> uh, when we've you know I didn't realize we had already reviewed a Russo Brothers film Extraction, but. Um, oh, that was the Russos. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed that. Now the question is: Is it one of my top five? Oh, let's go. So, do we do good news first or bad news first? Um, let's let's go with the bad news first. All right. Um, so we'll just go. We'll go. We'll go five five four four three three two two one one. All right. So I'll I'll go first. Um, and this is a recent entry into the draft house lore. I, I'm just going to put gold diggers on there. Uh, the quest okay. for Bear Mountain's gold. Boy, um, 
a movie so bad we had to review a, a different movie on the episode. I, I don't know how much worse a film can be than where we have to actually review something else. So, so that's in your, your five slot. My fifth bottom slot. Okay. It is the um, fifth worst film we watched for the pod this month. Yeah, in my fifth slot for the worst films we watched in the year 2022. Um, you can't put Drive Angry. <laughs> Don't I try. chose uh, your selection of Prom Night. Ooh, that's, uh, that's kind of cold. I did it not like that, that film bad. at all. <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, um, it's good. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> I did. I didn't enjoy it. It, just, it was. It was not a good film. But the disco scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what probably kept it at five. Oh, okay. That and it, it, without the disco scene, it's number one. It's your worst yeah. movie all year. Uh, no, maybe not worse, but it's in bottom three. All right. Well, here's a film I think we both have on our list. Uh, another recent entry. Uh, wild hogs. I oh, I fucking hate oh. wild hogs. Um, <laughs> and not only do I hate it, but it's also problematic, and it's a piece of shit. And I knew going in it was a piece of shit, and you picked it anyway, and we watched it, and it was still crap. So thanks for wild hogs, number four. <laughs> okay, all right, damn. Um, all right, number four on my list. Another selection of yours. Damn! Us. Whoa! How many are, are any of these yours? Uh, yeah, one of them. Is. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, <laughs> let me look at mine. So I have that's yours, mine, yours, yours, yours. No, that's right. Only one of my uh, bottoms are <laughs> right, one I right. picked. Okay, we're we're on the same page. Sounds familiar. Uh, a scanner darkly. Um, it really I, that bad? Like yeah, I hated I bad? hated the animation. I hated the story. Um, I the only redeeming quality was uh, what's his face. Um, damn, what's his face? God, who is Robert uh, Downey Jr.? No, no, the other guy, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. That was the only redeeming quality in the film, and I just I hate. I wanted to barf the entire you, time I was watching it. You know what's um, kind of funny about that movie is I didn't like it either. And yet, as I get away from it, I'm like, it wasn't that bad. But I think if I rewatch it, I'd be like, yeah, fuck this movie. <laughs> like, I think my my opinion on it has softened the further we get away from it. And it's not on my bottom five. So, oh, OK. All right. Well, so far, it's all been movies you've picked and the streak continues. Ah, God bless America. Uh, what movie comes to mind when I talk about sniffing assholes? Sniffing assholes. I'm Man, still. You here. put Power the Dog on your bottom five? No. What? <laughs> no. Power Dog was a good movie. No. I, I only say that. What because, does that have right. to do with sniffing assholes? If I, you want to ask yourself that question five no, times, no, I actually want to. I want you to tell me why okay. that's the film that came to mind, as opposed to the one I'm still here where they get prostitutes and talk about what their assholes smell like. <laughs> because you tell me. Because the main characters are gay. Oh, so and they're probably sniffing. The, the main characters in this movie are straight, and they're sniffing assholes. Listen, I don't I understand don't... what the deal is. 
Anyway, I'm Still Here is one of the stupidest damn movies I've ever watched. I hated this so much. It has no redeeming value. It's hot garbage. It's pretentious. And it's bad. It's real bad. It, like, these last three movies, honestly, you could, uh, depending on the day, you could swap them all around. And they would just be just a trifecta of hot garbage. Well, that's unfortunate. Um yeah, my number three film on the uh, the worst of the year is another selection of yours, Jeff. <laughs> it is the sci-fi flick Life Force. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say Lockout. <laughs> no, man. Soon cut. <laughs> Life Force, man. It was, that film <laughs> was balls. Uh, when, I don't know. It, I mean, the, the only redeeming quality that kept it out of the bottom two was uh, Matilda May's tits, all right? Now, let me ask um, you a question about those. Very real. Okay. 100%. 100%. <laughs> ask me 10 times out of 10, they're 100. Okay. Great. I That movie's fine. It didn't make either of my lists. Uh, but, however, for I'm just going to have you guess. This is the pick on the countdown that is my selection. That I picked. The Wait, only you, one. you didn't put Sils Maria as your number one? Clouds of Sils Maria is the second what? to worst movie this we is, watched. This, this is the, the, the biggest upset it in history. so bad. It is, and like I said, depending on the day, if I had to rewatch all three of these bottom films, it could change. But hot damn, if Clouds of Sils Maria isn't just the bottom of the barrel, pretension, Terrible acting, worse screenplay. It's bad. Oh, baby, is it the worst thing I've ever seen? I, I, I it's is... worse than my. It's worse than the next movie. I'll be honest, <laughs> but I'm still not ranking it one on principle. It is so horrible. It's shocking. It's, it's the it's... worst film I've ever watched, but it's still not the worst movie this year. Oh God. Okay. All right, uh, so number two on my list is my own film, Gold Diggers. Yeah, um, that's... It's it's terrible. It's garbage. Is it that much worse than I'm Still Here? I'm Still Here is trash. I'm Still Here is in my bot like, lower half, but it's not my bottom five. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gold Diggers is 100% uh, the... Uh, two, one of the two worst films we've watched this year. Yeah, Gold and, Diggers uh, is awful. Yeah, it's garbage. No argument. So, any guesses as to numero one for me? It is one of your films. Um, I think if I gave you two minutes, you'd figure it out. Uh, damn. You ready for a hint? Yes. Ass to ass. Oh, no. Requiem for a Dream. Oh, you got to be horrible. kidding me. You got to be kidding me. This I is erroneous. So painful this, to watch. This is. I hate the, Requiem for a Dream. You are. You it just. You're doing that out of spite. Bad. This is all it's spite. The most this, pretentious thing. This is great. And it's trying to make you regard, feel like shit. And the only erroneous. Gaming value is the erroneous refrigerator that tries to eat someone. It's Requiem for a Dream. Get out of here. The worst. I don't it's believe not you. the worst movie I don't ever made, you. which is Clouds of Sils Maria. Fake news. But this it's the worst movie news. we watched this year. Requiem for a Dream. Ball salad. It's an insult to humanity and cinema. Wrong. It's wrong. my opinion. I, your opinion is wrong. 
Um, well, it is not. It's the worst. It's so badass. Like, that describes the movie beginning to end. It's ass to ass. It's ass at the beginning, ass at the end. Everything in between is butt fudge, and they shit it out in the <laughs> cinemas. Then you picked it. We had to watch it, and it's a movie I'd never wanted to see in my entire life, and the only reason I watched it is because of you and this podcast. Worst movie, zero you out of it. ten. Worst movie. <laughs> That's you're ridiculous. You are 100 ridiculous. Think you're picking that film over Sils Maria on principle. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I do what I want, baby. Let me guess your worst film of the year: yeah. Clouds of Sils Maria. Yes, it is. Yeah, Clouds of Sils Maria. It's the worst movie ever made. I it's, <laughs> it's the worst movie ever made. And there is there is nothing. Nothing in Sils Maria. Not one moment where that movie does anything good. I can't point out one thing. Yeah, it's it's. And I I, I and did the, it the for fact the that meme. it's so pretentious. Requiem for the Dream is not as bad as Klaus Sils Maria, <laughs> but I didn't want us to just be so predictable that we both. But honestly, Klaus Sils Maria is. The hottest of garbage. I don't know how this made it into cinemas. I don't know how they got the caliber of actors they did. I don't know how this script ever left the writer's room. I don't know. But they made a movie worse than Requiem for the Dream, which is the worst movie I watched this year. But somehow Clouds of Silsbury was worse, and I watched it this year. It barely counts as cinema. <laughs> I, I I don't. I, I, okay, yes. Clouds of Sils Maria, worst film we watched this year. However, is it your I, worst film of all time? No, it I, is for me. I, I don't know, birth. man. It's a. I'd have to really think about what. Ooh, I, I literally watched. can't point at something like even Requiem. I can say the score was kind of interesting. Like you brought up the score in that episode, or the fact that Marlon Wayans was doing something different than he had done before. There are things I can point. Add and say, well, that that was a glimmer of hope. That was the corn in the shit. Okay. But Clouds of Sils Maria is is there's no redeeming value to the movie. It talks down to you as the viewer. Yeah. It's it's bonkers. It it tries to heighten acting to a level of pretension that I've never seen a movie do before. It's the most pretentious film I've ever watched. It like, oh, it hurts my head and heart. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so bad. All right, well we're throwing in, we're throwing all that in the garbage, and now we're gonna run down our top five films. Okay, I went first last time. Year. You go first this time. All right. So at my uh, in my my top uh, five number five is going to be tick tick boom. Ah, I was kind of hoping for road games, but tick tick boom will work. That's a good movie. <laughs> I I really enjoyed um, the performances. The music was top notch. Um, you know the directing. Uh, I mean, it's everything about it. it. It's it's very good. If you're if you're a musical fan, this is like you're orgasming right now. You know, like at the thought of watching this film. It, it's just it's it's a it's almost a near perfect musical. Um, mm. And mm. 
I really enjoyed it, and uh, that was a your that was your selection. So uh, kudos. No, it to wasn't. You. But I appreciate it. Wait, it wasn't? No. Oh, I did little kudos shop to me and- then. Yes, kudos it was your to me. Pick. Let's kudos go. to you. <laughs> um, all right, so my number five, actually, and I can't remember on the episode if I recommend it or not, but this is another movie that's kind of grown on me the further away from it I've got. Uh, but uh, it's going to be Moon. I really like Sam Rockwell, and I think this is it's a one man show basically, and I think he does steals the show. It's it looks great. The story is interesting. It's compelling. I really enjoyed Moon. I, it surprised me. That is a surprising choice for the top five. But that I, is a I can pick. I can get behind it. Kudos to me again. Um, of of okay. Before we keep going, of my <laughs> top five, I have two Mark picks. Oh, okay. All right. All how right. Many, of of my picks? top five, um, what I thought was you uh, thought the tick tick boom was me, but it wasn't. Um, so I have one, one Jeff pick, uh, but it's, it's, it's a good one. So, okay. um, I know which one it is, but <laughs> number four on, uh, the top five for me is, Oh brother, where art thou? And, uh, uh, another qu- quasi musical, uh, but <sighs> yeah, I think it, I don't think it qualifies as musicals cause they never break out in song right right, it, right. the the, the it just revolves around music. for them to do music but it's in context of the film of the story it isn't just like hey i'm in the bathroom and then they break out in a right. full number right i just think i think uh oh brother where art thou is a um it's a tremendous film it is a iconic film uh i really enjoyed our watch of it um and I enjoy, I enjoyed our our dialogue. I'm I'm glad you had never seen it. So like, that was, that was like yeah, mind I'd, blown for you. Yeah, it was it was uh, uh it was two hours of my week. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. What's your all right, my four, number Joe? four is one that I picked, um, that I really liked, and I really wish you had liked, but you you didn't. You kid, you couldn't get over Rick Moranis for some reason. But Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> I think the music's great. It's funny. The animatronics on the plant are insane. I it, it's a movie that I think I'm just going to keep coming back to and watching again because it's this. It's really my kind of movie. I really like Little Shop of Horrors. I think it's wonderful. I I you know that's a, that's a, you mentioned Moon is like getting farther away from it and enjoying it more. I think that's one that I was probably more initially down on, and then as I think back, I'm like, you know, it it wasn't that bad. Um, it's, it's I, I probably one. enjoyed it more than I allowed myself to. I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> so, um, my third, uh, the third selection in uh, the top five for the best films we watched 2022. This is my movie. Is it your movie? Nope, not your okay. movie. Uh, Power of the Dog. Okay. Uh, I really uh, we started the we started the uh, the year off with this film. Uh, we had a lot of dissenting opinions. Um, Did we? 
I, I remember, I remember we did. really liking it, but I just there was the sequence of Benedict Cumberpatch in the woods sticking cloth down his pants where I was like, <laughs> OK, movie, what the hell? And you're like, no. Uh, and I'm like, no, it's artsy bullshit in the middle of an otherwise great film. Yeah, I, I really I really enjoy. I thought it was one of the best films of 2021. Um, and it it's one of the best films we watched this year and uh i enjoyed it okay so my number three pick is the the my guess oh no because you only have one of mine so this wouldn't be on your top five because mm. my i i think this other movie is on your top five that is yeah so never mind i thought this might m- creep onto your top five because i think it was the surprise for you all year uh the one that i picked that maybe took you by surprise the most Howard Stern in Private Parts. I loved this movie, and I still love the movie. Like, there have been times between this podcast and Spielberg chronologically where I go back to a movie I I loved, and I'm like, oh, this isn't good anymore. Like, Minority Report has kind of soured on me. If you listen to that episode of Spielberg chronologically, if it's even out yet. Um, (laughs) But every time I watch Private Parts, I love it. I enjoy it from beginning to end. It's funny and heartfelt. I don't like Howard Stern. And yet this movie always draws me in with the story and the characters. I love Private Parts. It's one of my favorite movies. And I think showing it to you this year, having you actually really enjoy it, even up the value even more to me because... uh, it just shows the, the the quality of this sort of hidden gem that maybe people don't know about. Yeah, no, it, um, that is definitely probably a top ten, uh, for me. It is, uh, it is not a top. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy, um, because I'd never seen it. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not a Howard Stern fan, but like that movie was good. Um, and so I, I, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, number two. My guess is that our twos and ones are the same. Maybe not in the same order, but it's right. the same two films. Yeah. Uh, my number two is your selection. Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Uh, it is uh, Taika Waititi's um, like best film. I yes. It is. It is wonderful. Um, it is heartfelt. It is comedic. It is serious. It is sad. Um, I mean, it is everything in a film, and it's it. It brings back every time I see the film, and I've seen it, I think, three times now. Every time I've seen it, I have had the same emotion mm-hmm. every time, and that is the mark of a good film to me. Um, is because it's genuine film. The the story that is being told is being told in such a way that you can relate to it, um, even though it was a World War II film. And uh, it's just, I mean, it's so good. Um, I'm so glad we watched it this year because it was definitely a, a highlight uh, watch and it was a highlight conversation. And uh, I, uh, you hit it out of the park with that one. So my number two movie, which is your number one film, yeah, uh, is the greatest showman, and like I said with the last, the bottom five, where I said the three movies are kind of interchangeable as to how I feel. My one and two are that way. I mean, my number one is Jojo Rabbit, but I think if I watch Showman, 
they flip. And then yeah. if I watch Jojo Rabbit, they flip backwards again. I yeah. they're just that good. I mean, I don't mean to steal your thunder by taking my number one first, but it was pretty obvious <laughs> that they're just like. So I'll talk about Greatest Showman as a musical. It is perfect. Now, as a piece of you know historical storytelling, it's not because you know it's a it's a it's a historical movie, but musically and storytelling and characters and heart swelling numbers like it's perfect it's fucking perfect jojo rabbit is perfect for all the reasons you said like every emotion is there and as you were talking about i'm remembering rebel wilson giving kids grenades and sending them into war and like (laughs) laughing at that and then crying when Jojo finds his mom and you see her shoes for the first yeah. time. They're both masterpieces. And if you can watch either one and you're going to have a wonderful time. Um, I think Jojo edges out greatest showman because I think the story is better, but sure. the greatest showman's music is yeah. maybe the best that's ever been in a movie. Yeah. And that's, and that's why it's, it's the number one for me is because the emotion uh that the the music the musical numbers leave you with um uh, like I, I watch i've 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 watched this movie 10 times and every single time um you know one of the uh the the songs comes on um i think it's the the one with the bearded lady um you know this i i get, me, I, get yeah. I I get tears in my eyes because like it's just it is it is so genuinely done and um and and like you know I've had the the opportunity to see um some of the pre-production stuff that you know I've shared with you and and the YouTube videos that we you know we watched and <clears throat> to see the the amount of emotion that these actors poured into these songs and that's what makes musicals musicals is it's the actors singing and i just i man there is there is something about that film that uh if it is if if i'm walk, walking by the tv and that film is on my ass is parked there until it's done um doesn't matter where i came in at that that is like a gravitational pull that very few films have with me and um and like yes i agree with you jojo rabbit has the better story um it is a better film uh it's just the greatest showman man from entertainment value from uh emotional value to just sheer like fucking like grinning ear to ear while you're watching that is what films are um, and I think I think these two films have have encapsulated what uh, filmmaking really is and how it can uh, bring out so many different emotions. And no matter what emotion it brings out of the viewer, it will leave the viewer going, "Wow, that film made me really fucking sad, but it was really fucking good." Um, and with Jojo Rabbit, you know, uh, and then wow, that film was really fucking good uh and i want to watch it again uh because i want to sing that that song 
again, uh, that's, you know, the greatest showman. So I think, um, I, you know, it's honestly like one, a one B really. Right. And, and, I, it's uh, a, and I said, and I think I said it on the Jojo rabbit episode. I'm like, it's going to be hard to pick between this and greatest showman. Like, because yeah. Jojo Rabbit's one of the best movies I've ever watched. Yeah. Greatest showman is one of the best movies I've ever watched. And neither of them can I really compare to anything else. And I, I think specifically even Jojo Rabbit is is its own animal in its blending of humor and drama and, you know, war-torn Europe. And, and like, ah, I think it just barely edges it out, but it's yeah. by a nose. We hit it. We hit it out of the park with uh, musical month. By the way, <laughs> yeah, and even like the the shitty ones. I mean, like, uh, what, was what was the stage only fright? filmed uh, stage fright? That's right. Right, stage okay. fright. You know, I get it. Yeah. It's it's honestly not a great film, but it's still fun. Like yeah. it was still worth watching. Yeah. A couple honorable mentions from my list as I was ruling them out. Tick tick boom, as we said, uh, was on the short list. Uh, Universal Soldier. Not a surprise, my favorite Van Damme movie. Although not anymore, it's Kickboxer. But uh, And then American Made. I really like those uh, dishonorable mentions. Ghostbusters Afterlife, Mean Girls, Scanner Darkly, and The Damn Monsters. The fact right. that I found five worse movies than The Monsters, and you helped along the way, <laughs> four of these are your fault, is incredible. Uh, the Monsters uh, is terrible, but Gold Diggers, Wild Hawks, I'm still here. Clouds of Silsbury and Requiem are far worse. Yeah, my honorable mentions for uh, for tops were uh, the Impossible, um, Extraction, and um, what's the other one? Damn, All Mark picks. <laughs> Jeff doesn't do anything right. Uh, the Heart of They Fall. Uh, Heart of the Fall was. Uh, oh, that was a good movie. That was that was a good one. Uh, the <laughs> honorable mentions for the bottom. Would have been um, road games, half baked. Um, really? Yeah, I just oh. you know it was just eh. Okay. Um, eh. <laughs> no, I I enjoyed road games more than I thought I would. Um, JCVD. Oh yeah, worst uh, worst movie of the uh, <laughs> of Van Damme month because it was eh. the movie picked by the non Van Damme fan. Right. Yes, and uh, probably Silence. I'm a little surprised by silence. I didn't. That's uh, honorable mention. It wasn't. It wasn't just, the worst yeah. that we watched, but it no, wasn't. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I I would put silence a little closer to like if there's a a line in the middle of the movies between bad and good, it just creeps into the good side, just a little bit. It dips its toe into being good. Hmm. In my opinion. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so there you have it. The uh, the best and the worst of 2022 on the movie Draft House. Uh, we, Jeff, it's been a banner year. I think it's been our best year. <laughs> it has been our best complete year. I think year. we had yes. the highest highs and the lowest lows. Like, what were our best movies last year? Yours was Shang-Chi. What was mine? Uh, I don't remember. Damn, what was mine? Let me, let me search my notes. <laughs> no, but like, you know, this is our, our it was our com our first complete year. Oh, Can You Ever Forgive Me was my, my top, my okay. number one. All right, I get it, I get it. 
it's and then we yeah. both agreed that nine was the worst but it was by far like nine doesn't even make my bottom five this year actually <laughs> nine would probably bump gold diggers out of the top five for me maybe <laughs> i don't know like they're both just as bland and dull yeah, but we we do uh, want to give a huge shout out to everybody that supported the podcast this year. Um, we had we had a fucking episode hit a thousand streams in like three fucking months. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and no, uh, neither one of us ever anticipated. We just picked Bean Girls, right? Um, like you picked it, and the algae rhythms did whatever they were gonna do. I and... I can't even argue with it. <laughs> but uh no it's it's um you know uh we shared with each other the spotify wrapped um phenomenon that everybody on the internet does and um for the podcast and one of the uh things was that the movie draft house is the number one podcast for at least 150 people out there mm. and that's to me that is insane um it's insane to think that 150 they people at other minimum. podcasts is what it is. Well, that could I, be the only reason. I, you know, listen, people like what they like, and yes. um, you know, I'm I'm grateful for it. We we do this podcast because both we we both love talking movies, and we both find entertainment in arguing with each other over why each other is wrong, and which is why I put. A movie that isn't the worst movie of all time, <laughs> above the worst movie of all time, saying it's worse as a way to provoke Mark. Yeah, it is. Um, it it is a uh, a fantastic uh, look at two dynamics of opinion, and um, I very much appreciate you, Jeff, and uh, I am I am grateful for our. Uh, relationship with this podcast and um i look forward to another banner year i think uh, it's going to be even better i think we're going to somehow find higher highs and even lower lows somehow. yeah we probably will i don't know how I don't but know. you'll probably pick the highs and i'll find the lows <laughs> and we'll yell at each other along the way and it's a lot of fun i listen Mark, I've always wanted to have a movie podcast that was consistent and just kept making stuff. Like, I wanted to open my feed and scroll on a podcast feed that I did and just see episode after episode. And, and you've been faithful and I've had fun. And so, wait till oh, next year. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Dude, uh, I have a movie. Okay. <sighs> I'm not going to give anything away, but we already know the theme for February and I have a movie. This is, this is the sizzle for, for going into 2023. I have a movie that I think Mark is going to absolutely hate. I don't think he's seen it. I've seen it (sighs) and it's possibly going to be worse than clouds of Sils Maria for him. I don't think so. I don't think that's possible, mm. but when he hears the movie I picked, tune not, in for the draft episode in January because he's going to shit a brick. He's going to be so mad. I, I cannot wait. I already hate it. I don't want to do it. Um, They're going to do it. You love me and you love the <laughs> podcast too much. The uh, 
Uh, once again, we get a shout out to uh, all of the musical artists that we had on the podcast that allowed us to use their music. We had uh, it was a cra- banger year. It was a ba- Bang. banger year. What, what was your like? I don't want to alienate any one of yeah. our wonderful artists. Yeah. But what was your track of the year? Oh God. Um, I can tell you mine off top. You man, I really, I really liked uh, the Stereophonics. Um, oh, the schizophonic. Me too. Schizophonic. <laughs> yeah, God, that okay. is my second. <laughs> I would say, but I mean, push yeah. by equally opposite yeah. just slaps my face yeah. around. It's really good. So yeah, we're both gonna. Of those are awesome. We're gonna update that was once upon a time this year. Yeah, I think so. Okay, was I don't it? Remember? No, wait, wait. It might. It might not have been. Hold on. Stop the presses. Um. It might not have been. I want to say that was a really early one, and it was one that because I remember being like, "Oh hell yeah, Mark, you've done it." It, it you you might be right. Damn it. Uh, well, if it's not, um, I I really enjoyed uh, equally opposite as well. Um, I'm trying to think of all the. I'm coming through here uh, to see if I can find it. Uh, through through the roots is is a is a banger. This, yep. Um, they're all bangers like yeah. none of, i mean talk is fucking incredible and he's blowing yeah. up and he's on yeah. tv and um the uh, driveway skeletons was the one i was talking about before love that track but that was last year yeah it was last year that was the uh that was one of our first um bands but uh i think you're right i think uh the schizophonics were um were either late last year um but there, I mean, you know, it's just it's it's fun to to like go through these like little not little but independent artists, and then in three months they're playing the Conan O'Brien show or whatever the fuck you yeah. share with me. You know, Schizophonics was December of last year. Yeah. Um. So it's just like you know. And I've got, you know, I've talked to so many different um, smaller artists that have been like, hey, that man, that's a that's, that's a cool ass idea that we, you know, we'd love to, you know, have our music on your podcast. And and that is that honestly, that is a big reason why I really enjoy this podcast so much is that it has introduced me to so much new music that which came out of a weird necessity. Which I think yeah. we said last year. It was like, I don't want to say, but, you know, <laughs> I didn't feel like our first theme song fit the pod. No, but it was, it was <laughs> a, uh, uh, it was a different band. And like, we've yeah. had different, we've had all genres. We've had um, just all different types of, of, of music on the podcast. And, and most of them, have been like overwhelmingly in support of us using their music is because they recognize, Hey, it, from indie quote unquote artist to another indie artist, uh, you know, let's help each other out. And like, um, some of the, the, the artists that I've, I've spoken with, whoever it is have, um, brought up, you know, monetization, and you know that's not why we're doing this, uh, 
but at the same time, I get it. I get why they're, you know, they're interested in that. But um, for the most part, 95% of these these artists that we feature are in overwhelming support of, of what we do. And, you know, uh, through the roots on the last, as, the, as we're recording, uh, the last episode that uh, we posted um, and shared on our socials, uh, through the roots, you know, retweeted it and, and and spammed it to to their followers and it's just that that's the type of reciprocation that we're looking for it's because you know if if they can get some more listeners to their music then it's worth it um it's because it helps them get to what they're trying to do and and uh you know me and you aren't doing this for any type of, of money this is but, fun yeah this is fun for us but so. they're but these bands that we're we're highlighting are 100% doing it for money. And they have talent, you know. Yeah. Like we, well, I don't know what the fuck we're doing, but they actually have talent. So I, I want to make an announcement right here. Ooh, this okay. is a, a Draft House exclusive. Ah, breaking until news. Until I record the next episode of Spielberg Chronologically. Okay. All right, I'm ready. I have a new podcast, Mark. Oh, God. <laughs> don't what? worry. It's a mini series. okay? It's, okay. it's a 10-part show. And okay. you can find it now in your favorite podcast playing app. It's called 10 Week Professional Wrestling Boot, not Boot Camp, 10 Week Professional Wrestling Crash Course, where I'm going to introduce a non wrestling fan friend to professional wrestling. I'm going to teach them the lingo, <laughs> I'm going to show them some matches. And at the end of my 10 week crash course, I'm hoping I've created a fan that's. Uh, a with the first season, very so. unique uh, idea for yeah. a podcast. Check the links in the show notes. Mark will hopefully remember to put it there. Uh, okay, it is, yes, I will. Uh, it is on Spotify and Apple currently as of the recording, So, uh, and it should be everywhere else uh, very soon. And if it's not in your favorite podcast player, hit me up. I'll, I'll get it in there somehow. The, uh, you have no problem getting it in, you I, bottom you. you um, that, wow. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm going to be honest. That was good. Um, but, you know, you brought it back around. <laughs> anyway, anyway, there's nothing wrong with a good reach around. We'll see you next year. She got me singing hot damn, hot damn. Girl, so ridiculous, yeah. Let me get these words up on my chest. You know I do anything, yeah. You can't put me to the test. I'll take you anywhere. I can get you there, girl. North, south, east, and west. Girl, go ahead, do you. Long as I can, too. So tell me what to do to get the green light. I got some ideas. I feel I'm free time. Turn the mattress into ashes to the sunrise. I love the way I burn. She pulling out my shirt. She got me saying, hot damn, baby, hot damn. She know what she doing, yeah, she got plans. Look at how she moving, got me locked in. Hey, 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 hey. Hot damn, baby, hot damn. Everybody's sweating when she walks in. She can start a fire like it's nothing. She got me singing, hot damn, hot damn. Hot damn, yeah, that's what